Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Entertainment of Excellence, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Ollie. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben. And today we're going to be talking about the 2016 film Captain Fantastic. This will contain spoilers. Cool, so uh, Captain Fantastic, the film that Ben thought would be an indie superhero movie. <laughs> uh, very interesting. Uh, it, it is not about that. I'll try and give a brief summary. So it follows Viggo Mortensen, who plays Ben, um, who is raising his kids away from society in the woods. I think it's in the, the Pacific Northwest. Um, so they, you see them, like, hunting animals they do rigorous physical training and uh, a lot of intense reading as well um and then they find out that their mother has killed herself and then they basically have to uh drive to her funeral and it shows like the contentions between their lifestyle and um you know the normal lifestyle uh and the clashes between that that's kind of the main idea and it was pretty interesting it was cool yeah it was yeah it was Easy. nice i'm glad because this is one that we've had on the list for a while <laughs> that i put on and that it was never put on the schedule and i was mad <laughs> uh and then we we basically had no idea what to do this week so i finally managed to get us to do it yeah and cool oh, um, second superhero film <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Point, so, just uh, a, I want to. Should on. we dive into the themes, or do you want to do? Uh, if you thought it was like a good plot, <laughs> what do you want to do? Uh, I mean, may as well uh, talk about the plot quickly first, I guess, because it. To be fair, there's not. It's not got much of a plot. Um, it's pretty much just the the mother dies, and it's about the rest of the family adjusting to sort of having to come back into society to deal with it and the tensions yeah. that arise because of that. Um, so it's a very character-driven film, I would say, with um, one, one interesting where I saw of it was uh, kind of presenting Ben so that you would have to decide whether he was the best father in the world or the worst father in the world. Uh, so yeah. it has a lot of things with, like, the kids. I remember that there's the dinner scene or oh, they they go to like a a cousin's house and then um the parents of the cousins are kind of saying like you can't raise your kids like this they need to go to a proper school and then ben just basically shows that uh his eight-year-old is like way more intelligent than their 16 year old <laughs> yeah because <laughs> at the same time i do think there's quite a bit of like internal doubt Certain yeah, point. yeah, mm. definitely. Especially There's... because of the conflict with his parents-in-law. Uh, yeah, and there's also the Relian, uh, who's one of his 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 son, uh, who just yeah. wants to like live a normal life, and 
not, you know, be hunting and eating deer and eating their liver as an initiation ceremony to be a man or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's like the opening to the film. And then there's Bo, who's, who seems to be okay with the lifestyle, but like deep down wants to go to uh, a good university and so behind his dad's back with the help of the mother, got into like Harvard, MIT, all Stanford, the... <laughs> every, yeah. all the good unis in America. I actually want to quickly talk about that because at the end, he's seen going on a plane, but then one of the kids say, why are you going to Namibia? And he said he just put his finger on a map. <laughs> but, like, did, was that actually him going to Namibia? Was he going to a uni and didn't want to, like, tell his siblings because they still wanted to live in the wilds? Like, what What do you think? Because to me, it felt unresolved, the whole university thing. I got the... Well, yeah. because at the end, the dad was sort of passing words of wisdom, like... Um, you know, like keep keep your chin up. If there's if you're being intimate with a woman, then respect her, even if you don't like her and stuff like that. Don't die. Of, don't die. Yeah, yeah. Like the sort of stuff you'd expect, like a parent to sort of say, like I guess as the child's leaving for uni. I thought that was what was happening. I, but you know, maybe maybe it was just like as you said, trying to um, like I don't. I don't know. Just say something for the other kids. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> there's definitely a few moments in this where he's confronted. So there's one where he's confronted by uh, the younger of the two. But then also you see, like, um, when Bo is with, like, that girl. And it, it really shows indirectly how he's so... <laughs> Uh, naive and unaware of the world and that's what he blames on his dad. Yeah, because yeah. there's a contention with uh, he's I think it's with the grandfather where Ben says or oh, the grandfather says like the kids know nothing about the real world uh, or if they they won't know anything about the real world if they stay with you and then Ben says that he'd argue the opposite. So that kind of shows that you know for me, it was trying to work out like which is the real world, because I mean, obviously a lot of society, I'm going to say the society word, guys, ah, funny. <laughs> is that the thing we learned? It's like quite, uh, yeah, it's, wow. it can be quite artificial and it's extremely wow. separated from like, you know, the natural roots, but then is is it really like now the real world to go like live in the woods and be able to hunt our, our own food anymore like is that what it is or should we be happy with you know the progress and things I got, yeah yeah and what, a lot of themes I, I wouldn't necessarily yeah, go on <laughs> i wouldn't necessarily say that the grandparents way of living is indicative of society in general because as some of the children even point out like their wealth their house is huge and, yeah yeah <laughs> so it's, it's arguable whether that is the real world. Yeah, and uh, there's... What one thing I took from it was kind of, obviously, they're very anti-establishment and uh, have, like, socialist ideas, so I think they talk about, like, Marx and things. But uh, it ultimately, 
you can see it as it leads to the mother dying. And what I was thinking while watching it is that being against the establishment and then going just to live in isolation is kind of like a selfish way of dealing with it because you don't help anyone else. So you just leave because obviously the mother ends up dying in a mental facility as well. Yeah. So he says about yeah. know, being against big farmer and stuff, but doesn't fight for reform and would rather just kind of be separate from it. So I think it's part of it is trying to challenge the, or at least what interpretation I saw it as like a challenge of that kind of like hippie lifestyle. Although I don't think the film was specifically challenging it. I think this is more of like one of those where it just presents the situation and then you make your own mind upon it. Yeah. yeah. So that that's how I took it as that maybe you can be you can be like against the current state of things but uh like doing something about it is more like fighting for change rather than just running away from it. Mm. If Wow. Which I do going to talk about the story. But I know, I, I, I already... <laughs> yeah, I mean, some to be deep... fair, it's, as we said, there's not really much story, so um, you are... kind of have to dive There were things. a lot of good moments, though. Like there were... <laughs> I didn't think the Americans could do cringe comedy very well, but when Bo was like proposing to Claire, I think she's called <laughs> yeah. it. But after knowing it for ten minutes. Oh, oh, oh that's that's like peep show levels of cringe comedy. That was brilliant. Um but then it could also be like really emotional, like when they were doing the like really stripped back bare bones acoustic version of Sweet Child of Mine uh at the mother's cremation. That was like a really emotional scene. I I know a lot of people cried at that and I Nearly did, but for some reason I, I'm just emotionally depraved. So aren't we all? Uh, I didn't. <laughs> but that was like, that was a highlight for me. That was like, as yeah. in, that was the emotional peak I think, which is right at the end. Uh, and when then flushing her ashes down the down toilet. The toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I, there, there are a lot of good moments, but I sometimes wonder if. It's. Uh, I don't know. I can never figure out if, if it's a bit like confused about what it wants to be. If that makes sense. There's like a few, but every time I think that, I can never think of any points. <laughs> like yeah. I feel like I have a point, and then I just can't think of anything specific. There's times to... where it think it feels like it's underplaying it a bit with the comedy, but at the same time, that sort of enhances the film for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, it's definitely got some great comedic moments, and there's some highlights like with uh, them all singing a hymn and pretending to be uh, like homeschooled in a really orthodox Catholic way and scaring a, or maybe maybe not Catholic, I, I don't know, but like an evangelical way and scaring off a policeman from investigating them by singing a hymn at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I th- yeah I think the the script is great from Matt Ross. Um, it's a good balance of drama and comedy. I just don't know if it always handles its themes too well. Um, but as I said, I can never think of an actual example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I suppose 
it's a comedy movie and it does have a lot of good comedic moments. Um, but I'd say, sort of, I don't think it had enough, if that makes sense. Not to, like, downplay the rest of the plot, obviously, because um, it was still very emotional and uh, you got quite attached to Ben and how he doubts, ends up doubting himself and, you know, at the end when all the kids are back with him and the realised that all he really wanted was kind of the best for them and he's human and failed and all of that. That's uh, that's really emotional and stuff, but I'd say for a comedy, it didn't have a lot of comedic moments. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe it was sort of that... Because there are a lot of other films that I've criticised for having like too much comedy or too little comedy. They can never get it right for me, obviously. Um, I wouldn't say this one like doesn't know where it's at. No, it's sort of. Do you know what I mean when I say it doesn't know where it's at? It doesn't. It's not too comedic and it's not too emotional. It's sort of. Uh, it's sort of skating the line between them and it would have been cool to have a bit more comedy or a bit more... Or, like, a bit... Yeah. A... I don't know. I think it was more kind of a drama at its core and then with the comedy element. I'd say it's, like, two-thirds drama, one-third comedy, and I quite liked the tone. But Yeah, could... yeah, same. It's just my opinion. One example of the... Uh... <laughs> one of the themes that uh, they deal with at different points quite comedically and then other points quite seriously is yeah. like his him well like him challenging the traditional education system but also like what it means with him instilling his own ideologies onto them and his way of teaching so they don't really get other perspectives which is obviously something you get in a school um, so yeah. like for instance he's, when he's been really blunt with um his children about like when one of the younger ones asking him about rape and things like that and he's just telling them explicitly all the details but then <laughs> equally you also have the scene where he like openly uh says that his wife killed herself in front of like the cousins and everything and that's like so there's two circumstances there which are quite similar ideas as exploring, but one of those is more of a comedic slant, whereas the other is more serious, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things I quite liked was obviously, uh, like he raised them as being like very anti-organized religion and stuff, and then Raylan kind of points out to both they kind of day up in turn it ends up with them making like a deity out of ben so yeah kind of accidentally goes against uh what he believes in which i i kind of wish that had been explored more because i've seen a lot of reviews kind of comparing it to the manson family because <laughs> obviously he gives like the kids all knives and they do some quite violent things, and it, the family is kind of a bit cultish at the start, but they also allow for, you know, kind of critical thinking. But Ben is quite imposing, so like with the university stuff. So uh, that was like a 
an interesting theme for me that I wish they'd also they'd done a bit more on. Uh, and although that, that I think that is only done in a dramatic way. I think it also comes up with um, the granddad as well in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess they don't like entirely reject uh, religion because his wife was a Buddhist. Or yeah. Say Buddhist. Uh, and yeah, uh, yeah, but like the thing about them flushing the ashes down the toilet at the end, there's surely something yeah. to say there about like how I don't know. It's not really about the the coffin or the physical material possessions that are meaningful. It's more about like her and her legacy. Yeah. yeah, and that bit with the funeral of them just like going against her wishes, I don't know. It felt like it was, that's one thing of where I felt like it was confused at Steam's because I don't know what it was trying to say. Like, yeah. it was obviously the the people that were just going against it, uh, like her parents. So was that about... I don't know, was that about parents being in denial about their kids' actual personalities? Was it? Was that also supposed to be a digger-organised religion? I don't know what, what it actually wanted. Yeah, because yeah. it presented him as like the enemy, whereas he was the one that was trying to... Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with him there. Yeah, one thing I didn't really understand... Uh, this might just be because I'm tired watching it and I've probably missed out on it, but um, throughout the film, the there's like a lot of mixed messages about what the wife really wanted. Uh, it it seems that you know some people were saying that uh, she didn't want to be out there and she still kind of wanted to be in society, and Ben was adamant that no, um, uh, her and I went out to get away from everything and uh, to try and make her feel better and stuff and obviously it didn't work out in the end I couldn't I couldn't tell did was she like happy being out there or was that just Ben trying to be like trying to help but ending up being like really controlling yeah that that was also odd because obviously Raylan like brings that up as well saying that yeah. she it was like having dreams of bashing a kid's head in with a rock or whatever. It was like, whoa, that came out over. <laughs> that was yeah. There was know, like, just out of the blue. <laughs> there were like mentions of lots of arguments and stuff, which kind of made, gave me the impression that you know she wasn't totally happy out there. But in the end, you know, they all uh, have uh, they all burn her and flush her ashes down the toilet, and you know, in a, in a way that's very against very like the antithesis of what was going was presented as the traditional societal way of dealing with death like the the funeral and the coffin and all of that stuff yeah yeah it, it, i guess something correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think there's ever really any reference to his like upbringing or anything so mm. i guess you might you might be thinking is is he leading it because he's always been like this and he's uh, really believes in like this hippie culture or is she doing it because she wants to like challenge and subvert the like her conventional upbringing and the the establishment because she's been brought up that way and she's more familiar with it 
Yeah, because it mentioned them living on a farm at one point, I think. Yeah. But that was all I really remember about it. And I do wish that the mother had been explored more, because she was, she was obviously important to the kids. Cause, yeah. You know, they were all distraught about hearing about her death, but and they like counting down how many days she'd been in the mental facility. But yeah. it you never get to really see her relationship with them. It's just um Ben having like dreams of her after she's died. Yeah. And that's clearly like quite an idealized version of it as well, which is interesting because a lot of the time you do get his perspective, which is why I liked it when it showed like the effect that the children that it's had on the children and them like challenging him yeah yeah i think there's i realize we've been talking about themes but it also one thing we've not talked about is that it does also challenge the way that things happen now because there's a lot of like the hypocrisy with the cousins and stuff with their parents wanting them to you know not hear about the how the mother had actually committed suicide uh, and then they go off and play like a really violent fighting game <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, things like that and I th- I'm pretty sure it... oh and there's the scene where <laughs> they're just pointing out how fat everyone is so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah American's fat yeah we get it uh... <laughs> I mean so they're not I wrong. think it does have stuff to say against it uh, as well so that that's that's one of the things I feel like it's weird. It, it's it seems to be. I saw an article saying that the reason that Captain Fantastic is is quite popular with people is that it's both left and right wing at the same time, depending on how you like view it. Which yeah, is, yeah. you know what I said near the start that it's kind of a way a thing you interpret in your own way. It's it's very. I don't know. It, you can view things in lots of different ways even though it's you know power to the people stick it to the man slogan it's just i don't know it's quite interesting that you can do that and i i do quite like now now i'm just i don't know if i'd prefer it with a film where you can make up your own decisions or a film that is actually trying to say something i don't really i don't really know now (laughs) yeah yeah I think it's this not one necessarily was... left ambiguous in the same way as some of the other things we've seen. Mm. It's just up to interpretation in terms of like the themes and what that means to you. Yeah, it's got yeah, a cohesive it... story and I guess to a degree a cohesive message. Um, but yeah, it... I think maybe it could have just been a bit more critical of the lifestyle, but without being what because what it does is it kind of. It doesn't criticise the lifestyle so much as the ideology they have, and I think it could have either criticised maybe part like parts of it or also the way that they enact it more. That would have been more interesting for me, whereas the most you get for that is that they celebrate Noam Chomsky's birthday and not Christmas. Yeah. It's like you could yeah. have got a bit more than that. Like if it felt like a that that was quite a cheap thing of Raylan saying, like, why don't we celebrate Christmas? It's like, oh that, I don't know. Um, like it could have, like when when I think of films that let you make your own mind up, uh, I my mind always goes to Whiplash, where you know you throughout the film you see him constantly 
I mean, spoilers for Whiplash if you care, but <laughs> constantly berated and belittled by this awful music teacher. But then in the end, he plays drums amazingly and does this great solo, and it pays off. And it's it's the whole you know do the ends justify the means thing, and it it's kind of an, presents an impartial view of that. I mean, I I hate the teacher, and I think that no, you shouldn't ever teach people like that, but you know i'm sure that other people will think differently and it's just it'd be cool if it was more even i think yeah, i don't yeah. i don't know how well, i don't even know what i'm saying but <laughs> i like films that present new views like a, a unique viewpoint you've not seen before but this kind of felt like it was just what if it, you lived in the woods and everything was good and nothing was bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, I can see what you mean. Because, I mean, obviously, it just does... Yeah, it was just a bit too basic for me. It's like, yes, they they get hurt and they don't celebrate Christmas. That was, like, the main few. And I, I guess also not being able to interact with people. But yeah. maybe yeah. more kind of things about just flaws in the ideas of it as well. I don't know. Yeah. It's you can talk about it's something like now. Built on that personal utopia, um, yeah. Of like him, and then you never, re- as Ben was saying, you don't really ever explicitly get told whether that was what the wife ever or the mum ever really intended. Yeah. And yeah, so that's why, like, a lot of the times you do see her are obviously from his perspective. Yeah. So, hmm. It's just because it doesn't actually say like why they did it. It's just, yeah, we're gonna be cool. <laughs> yeah, it was it, uh, it focused a lot too. Uh, ugh, it focused too much um, on what they were doing rather than why they were doing it. Because I guess the only really motivation you get is, you know, power to the people, stick it to the man, um, which yeah. <laughs> as a slogan seems more like a sort of comedic. Uh, way of putting it than like an actual character motivation um, mm. not that there's anything wrong with that but it would have been cool to know like did did Ben himself have uh, some bad experience with society when he was younger um, you know did he not want the same for his kids and therefore he thinks that um, raising them in the woods is going to give them a better upbringing and maybe that's why he says later on in the film that um he believes they're more equipped for society than uh than normal people i don't know that Mm. isn't really explored maybe maybe the people who wrote it thought it through but it didn't really come across on screen which is kind of what you need if you're just going into it and you thought it was a superhero movie right up until the netflix description (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, we've talked about themes for a while uh, we we can always come back to it if we have like a pressing thing we want to talk about but I, I also just want to say about the technical aspects because I did actually really like the way this film looked in both the direction and kind of like the colour palette if that makes sense Yeah. so at the start there was like the cool thing of the ball being covered in mud for camouflage and that scene was like well directed I think of the deer hunt but also just the colors that are used like the blue bus and the clothes they wear to the funeral 
Yeah, I was the like, way they, that, like, that's a cool that's a cool suit. <laughs> the way the the colors completely contrast against the, the somber black of everyone else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the kind of greys of industrialism. Yeah. Um it seems a so lot more vibrant. I, I really like the colors that. and the directing was it was simple I guess it was quite simple, you know, there were nothing nothing extravagant except maybe like the wide top down shots of them on the road but you know when they're in when you see them living in the forest you don't get all the like big wide wilderness shots that you usually think of you actually get quite close intimate yeah. shots, which yeah. I think is supposed kind of shows like the family relationship that they all have because uh, the film is partly about Matt Ross exploring uh how parenthood should be done because he tries to see like if if he thinks this is a good way to parent i think it was an exaggeration of the um ideas he had about parenthood and he also grew up in uh communes so a less extreme version of what's shown in the film i believe uh so that's like obviously the relationship it's trying to show and then when they get to like the grandparents house it then it shows a wide shot of their house you know, to show the extravagance and the uh, disgusting display of wealth and unethical use of land, or whatever the quotes are. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really know what it is, but the directing at the start, it did sort of feel, like, quite personal and intimate. And it yeah. almost felt like you were there, just like the real close-up shots and just, like, the positioning of the different people. I thought it was kind of reminiscent of, like, maybe... A, some sort of TV show where people have to go and survive in the wild or something. It was almost like that authenticity. Mm, and like I just remember liking all the shots of the kind of campfire jam that they have uh, and stuff like that. Um, it was yeah, it was really nice and just showing all the different like roles that people are, are the characters of all the kids and stuff because they. You can even though they're all like raised in exactly the same way under the same conditions, they they all have unique characters, or almost all. There's like six of them, so it's quite difficult. But you know the the main ones that have plot relevance, you can you get like their personalities, like the the one that steals the bone knife and has like skulls all over their room and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's just like one of the things I can think of. Yeah. Well, even like when the campfire jam uh like even then you have a certain element of almost rebellion from i can't remember yeah, what it's called but like rebellion i think yeah rebellion from rebellion because <laughs> <laughs> he starts like playing quite an aggressive beat and then yeah, eventually they all which, adopt it yeah which is like yeah. out of time with so actually that's probably that's probably supposed to show his role in the plot where they're trying to do something and then i mean obviously he's still doing music but he's just kind of forcing them in, into a new direction yeah which they kind of do because you see them they end up living uh they live in like a farmhouse and they do actually go to school but they're still quite detached from society in a way but not as much as they were before yeah yeah uh it's like a compromise which i mean yeah. if you take it back to like the analogy of the when they're playing the music, they yeah. all seem happier in that second instance. 
but I'm not sure necessarily the dad, but definitely the children. Mm. Mm. Just like a form of normality. Yeah. It was good. Uh, the soundtrack as well was the the actual like original music was it was quite subtle, but I really liked it. I just I remember the it's it's basically like, I think it's one or two songs, but it, the the one that's at the start and then at the end I really liked. I can't actually. It was quite like vocal. It was like vocals that weren't saying any words, and I I liked it. Um, but a lot of it is from the diegetic music, so. Like when they listen to Scotland the Brave in the bus, yeah, and yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff like in the in the shopping centre. I remember it was like a terrible shopping ball version of My Heart Will Go On as he pretends to have a heart attack. Oh yeah, that was probably intentional. Uh, but they and also this obviously the sweet child of mine at the end was very uh, emotionally packed. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it does well, and but it's also mainly quite quiet and subtle. So without soundtracks, and uh, and that works. So I think it uses music really well, um, which is interesting because I think the music is actually a lot very personal to them. So obviously they have the like campfire jam sessions, and uh, Bo says that his favorite is the whatever variations of the Goldberg versions of Bach, uh, which you then find out was actually his mother's favourite music. So oh, yeah. I yeah. wonder if that has, like, is more, he likes it. Because when he first says that, it just sounds like, you know, snobby classical music uh, fanatic. But <laughs> you then find out it's actually very personal ties. So well, it does seem I like think... he has the closest relationship with his mum. From like mm, yeah. the university stuff and everything. I don't know if that's because he's the eldest or what it is, but that mm. definitely is shown. Yeah. I do wish there was more of the relationship between the mother and the kids sort of, well, not not shown, but um, I guess indirectly shown, like explained or explored in some way. You know, you were just yeah. yeah you, you felt like you were picking up the pieces rather than um, having a sort of decent idea of what was going on between them. Because it was a it film be about quite parenthood. It's, it's only got half of them. It would be quite difficult to implement it. Mm. And you wouldn't really want flashbacks. But yeah, no. Well, maybe just more subtle um, references to the mother. Maybe what? Maybe because. To towards the start, the kids were all really distraught that she died, and obviously, uh, rightly so. But it'd be cool, maybe if they. I want to say like reminisced about their favorite memories, but that could come across really cheesily. Um, no, I think things more in the vein of the like listening to the back stuff, and. Uh, yeah, ways that stuff like she's that. influenced them, like because if in two parents, there could there could also be like a different dynamic between the ways they parent. Like, uh, maybe one of them focuses more on art, and you know, it it depends. See, it'd have be, been interesting to see how it changed their lives because you don't really see that much uh, being different, and 
I guess that's sort of the thing of it being confused with themes. Like, is it trying to ex- explore being a single parent or, uh, you know, living in isolation or uh, homeschooling? There's quite a lot of stuff that maybe it should yeah. kind of but settle down. It has, like... to, it has to make up for the, well, not a lack of plot, but it's obviously more focused on, like, the themes rather than Yeah, I think plot. I think the mother's there just to kind of get them to drive somewhere yeah yeah basically which i i guess is fine but i kind of it it felt like it could because i did really like this but i felt like it could have been even better Um, yeah well i do want to talk about the acting was all like really good it's it's got like loads of faces that you've just seen before so for example like oh yeah there's one of the kids uh the girl that plays vesper annalise basso she's the girl that goes missing in slenderman <laughs> i had to check that it said that she was katie i'm like who's katie oh no <laughs> don't remind me yeah I, she's all that goes missing and then it's got george mckay who is bodovan who plays the lead role in 1917 obviously Viggo mortensen is aragorn but also it's got the a uh, guy that plays Relian, Nicholas Hamilton, I uh, I've seen is him the something. bully in It. it. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That's yeah. a joke. Me as and well. then randomly Claire, the the girl that Bo uh, like hits on or whatever, is Erin Moriarty, who's in The Boys. She's Starlight. Nice. So there's loads of like random faces that you'll recognise. Oh, and also. Uh, Greg Heffley's dad from uh, Diary oh, yeah. of the <laughs> who is also in Tall Girl, I think, as her dad. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what an acting career. I know, what a what career. A career. <laughs> what an absolute guy. <laughs> but, the, yeah, the acting is good. Like, Viggo Watson does a lot of... I mean, he's great. I just remember there's, like, a shot of him when he realises that maybe he's made a mistake in the way he's bringing up his kids. It's like that realization is so like yeah i think the children do a good job of being distinct and like each one yeah clearly has a different role like obviously they overlap a bit but they each obviously come very different uh responses to the system and yeah yeah i think they're all very different characters which is quite difficult to do with six children yeah they did well finding all the child actors because obviously that can really bog a film down if you've because i mean child like, no one likes child actors <laughs> uh they're either terrible or they're like really snobby but no they, they did well finding them yeah yeah it was good it was groovy we've actually been talking for like 40 minutes yeah, yeah i don't know if you want to go for a rating let's, let's do a quick theme that oh i noticed which i don't think we've really talked about is like um the like manipulation of the truth almost from the grandparents and like how the establishment uh perceive this and how like the inherent bias against someone like him who uh subverts the system um because like that he's saying that like he's almost abusing them Whereas in reality, he's just trying to make them like, independent, and there's there's no real instances where 
well, obviously, he's, he's not exactly forcing them into doing it. I mean, they don't really have much of a choice, but I think it's just quite interesting to see how he's like trying to blame him for this these physical in just uh, injuries that are in reality mostly outside of his control. Yeah. Indeed. Cool. Well, we'll wrap it up. I need to desperately update that website. I keep meaning to do it. <laughs> We're six episodes behind now. That's pretty cool. Um, you should definitely go check it out, though, in, in case you're interested. It's entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com. When I've actually updated it, you can look at the Hall of Fame. And on there is the list of all the movies we've ever rated, which I'm looking at now to form my opinion. Except it's incomplete, which is cool. <laughs> but it's enough to give a good, good, uh, solid basis. Hmm. Well, the I enjoyed the movie. Um, I, I I wouldn't say it was like great. Not that it's wrong, just not there's anything wrong with it, just that there's a lot of other things that are better than it. Um, just the themes were good. Um, obviously, it could have explored um, some other aspects a bit more than it could, and but you know, there was nothing I really disliked about the movie, which makes a nice change. Um, thinking sort of like what did I give No Country for then 7.4 uh, what did I give the interview 7.8 I'll go on par with No Country for Men with 7.4 I think yeah. um, this probably I think uh, in many ways this is explores quite similar well not really similar but it just sort of reminded me of marriage story out of all the ones we've done just in terms of like dealing with marriage and children's responses to that uh and i gave marriage story 7.8 i think that's slightly better because although this has obviously a lot of themes which we've explored and it's it's like you could probably talk about this one for a good few hours because of how open it is but i think just like the weak plot probably bumps it down a bit so i'm gonna give it a 7.6 Ooh. uh yeah i think i'm gonna go with ben's rating go 7.4 because i did really like it and i was quite attached to the characters but i just wish it was more concise with its themes and thinking about it i do agree with ben where maybe at points it should have been uh, more comedic than it was, although some dud scenes. So I'm gonna go with 7.4. Uh, I was thinking 7.5, but looking through the things, I've realised I've been giving like everything a 7.5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, for a bit to be a di bit different, I'm going for 7.4. To be fair, I did have a good run of episodes where I was giving everything a 7.0. So, you know, <laughs> sort of averaging around 7.5. That's cool. 
yeah. now I do agree with Ollie weirdly about the marriage story comparison because I hadn't even thought of that. I think it's mm. because it's like character driven themes and also stuff to do with society. But, but uh, the yeah, I agree. Film... I liked Marriage Story better. Yeah. Yeah. It it's weird because it's like quite a sad theme at its core, but it's quite uplifting at the same time. And a yeah. lot of the things it talks about are serious, but it's able to do it comedically, which isn't always as effective, mainly because it's like inconsistent with the rest of it. But I, I found yeah. it quite easy to watch as well, which I didn't really expect. Yeah, uh, th- this yeah, I get as in just like you could put it in front of anyone and they'd probably enjoy it. Yeah. It was a good superhero film. It was a good superhero film. Mm. I want to see more of uh, Captain Fantastic in the future. Captain Fantastic, Captain Fantastic the Winter War. Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Uh, cool. Recommendations? Well, no. <gasps> I hate you. <laughs> no? I will... And will rip out your heart and give it to my son and make him a man. Why? What am I Submission, Submission spotlight. spotlight, you oh, idiot, you oh, moron. I always forget. You no, cretin. You've been demoted to a special guest now. This is getting ridiculous. He was already a special sorry, guest. I'm He's sorry. just a guest now. He's just a guest. <sighs> no longer special. How do you feel about that? Soon I'm going to be a trespasser. I don't calm down. Mm. You're going to stick it to the man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the submission spotlight section. Fortunately, we did have one for this week, but it's fallen through, um, which was kind of sad. But uh, we've hopefully got one for next week if we get around to watching it. Um, so basically, just if you are a creator of anything and you like short movies, music, um, whatever, you know, just send it in um, and we'll be grooving to give it a quick bit of constructive criticism bit of compliments so you don't die um and most of all we'd love to have you on uh to discuss the movie um we you know we didn't we don't have to do that live we can pre-record it um we just like to talk to you and get to know a bit about uh <laughs> uh about you and your creative process and stuff and we'd love to help out if that gives us uh i forgot what i was saying now just send in your work for the submission spotlight you know do it yeah do right now do it you can contact us through our website entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com or you can uh dm us on twitter or instagram both of which are at eov podcast yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. So let's actually move on to submissions. Uh, not some recommendations. Though. Ollie, you're right. You're a special guest now. No. <laughs> Sorry, oh, no. I don't have the I don't have the power to say that. Tell you what, I will go first because it's one of those <gasps> special weeks where I have a recommendation. Wow. That's like three weeks in a row. I know. Well done, You're not going to get any for the next <laughs> ten episodes now. You've used up your allocated amount. Okay, well, while we're on the theme of, like, 
families who are sort of isolated from the rest of the world. Um, it was spooky Halloween a couple weeks ago, and by that I mean like a week ago, and um, <laughs> I watched the Adams Family for the first time, uh, <gasps> which was a groovy wait, wait, film. You mean the you mean the OG one and not the cartoon one? Oh yeah, the OG one. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's a. It's a. Well, technically, I watched one and two, so we could make this a double recommendation if you <gasps> really want. Um, it's about this this family of, uh, <laughs> well, basically, it's told sort of from this perspective of, um, so there's right. No, I'm gonna start again. There's this family of like sort of gothic um, people who are really. Um, into like witchcraft and stuff and they're all spooky and stuff and they live in this big house and they have this hand that walks around by itself called Thing um, and basically they the father of the household uh, called Gomez I always forget his name I'm proud of myself for rec- for remembering it He's, his brother uh, Fester had like long, had been long lost and the they'd pretty much given up um, on finding him, except they hold like a seance for him once a year. Um, and basically this uh, this person pretends to be their, fest- uh, their uncle Fester to uh, grab some of the, the wealth that's in the house. But um, it sort of turns out that... Uh, I'm going to try to do this without spoiling the movie. The... He connects with the the family a lot, and um, basically he's he's quite like simple minded. He um, and he ends up like liking the family and relating with them a lot. And it, there's it's an oddly wholesome movie for um, one about uh, a gothic family who are into witchcraft, and um, and also there's uh, here's something that really got me while I was watching it. It's a PG, okay, but there's quite a bit of tension between uh, Mr. and Mrs. Adams. Uh, like, uh, there's, there's, they, they, they obviously love each other very much, so much <laughs> so that it made me question how the hell it's a PG. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's fun. It's, uh, it's got some nice themes in it. It's... Uh, an enjoyable watch and the Adams Family 2 is also very good um, it's uh, I, I won't say too much about it because it sort of relies on what happens at the end of the first one um, but it, they're comedies so it's mainly just about um, them being put into weird situations and uh, getting out of them so watch the Adams Family and the Adams Family 2 Groovy. I should be not talking about the Adams Family 2 that comes out next year. The animated one. Oh, no. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, yeah. I just saw that they're making a sequel. I'm like, why? Stop, stop <laughs> making remakes. <laughs> Do something original, please. Love a reboot. Oh, that's the worst kind of sequel. It's a sequel of a reboot. <laughs> Honestly. The Probably original the is so good. The film though. you can get. 
Yeah, I don't know why do you you'd want to oh, Do you want me to go first? Okay, uh, I have watched quite a few things this week, but there's only one thing I really want to like recommend, which is the new Netflix uh, anime in quotation marks, because it's American. I don't know what actually counts as being an anime, but it's called Blood of Zeus, which uh, it has like really good animation, uh, and it's just kind of like a... It's a pretty basic plot of set in Greek mythology and demons attacking uh, this village uh, and it's just like it's got really good action uh, pretty basic characters but I mean it's just it's really fun to watch uh, and it's only short so you can blast through it in a day uh, so yeah watch that Blood of Zeus it's on Netflix pretty good Groovy Nice um well i well it, yeah i've been watching i think tom actually mentioned it when we did the interview episode because it's quite well it's very similar to that so if you liked that film that episode then you should probably check this out and it's a criminal show on netflix um i've seen all of the germany france and spain one and i'm currently watching season two of the uk one uh, and if you don't know, it's basically just like interviews with criminals, but uh, a lot of them are like not necessarily conventional crimes, like they're quite interesting things that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And there's also a lot to do with like the uh, internal tensions within the team and like what what is legal, what's moral, how are they allowed to manipulate the situation so like a, a couple of the really interesting episodes explore um not just the perspective of the criminal but also like from the other side of the mirror uh if i had to recommend well i'd probably say germany and uk are the best and then france and spain are quite as good but there's definitely some good episodes in there and so yeah Fire. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <Is that> it? <laughs> yeah, let's just we'll yeah. finish a bit early today. Sounds good. Well, we... let's say what we're doing next week. Whoa. Oh yeah, that's why. That's why we were scrambling. <laughs> I mean, no, we weren't scrambling to join the submission spotlight. No. Yeah, that wasn't why I got distracted <laughs> at all. I was no. just a sleepy boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, we um, we keep meaning to say what we'll be doing at the end of uh, next week at the end of each episode because then you can go and watch it. Isn't that revolutionary and amazing? Except yeah. we always forget. And when we started doing it, we started doing episodes out of order and got a bit confusing. <laughs> but we're going to set it straight. What are we doing? We're doing Nine, the sci fi animated film. Another one for the animations, no, damn. Yeah. I know, we're really racking them up. Yeah. Ooh. So, watch that. There you go. It's... Go watch it's it. on Netflix. <laughs> now. The second. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, you can do it. Yeah. Right now. I don't know if it's good on what yet, because we haven't seen it, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, th <laughs> thank, you, thank you for listening very much. Also, go and... 
subscribe to us on YouTube uh, and follow us on social media at your V podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can, I'm, I'm not going to say sign up to the newsletter because I haven't done a newsletter in about two months, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> if you want access to the schedule and the recommendations master list, then go and subscribe to it because that's where they are. We'll try and fill up the schedule with stuff because um, we definitely didn't just pick that movie while I was doing the submission spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for listening, and all right, see ya. All right, all see right. ya. See ya.